What's up, everybody? This is another episode of the JTS podcast. My name is Marcus Modi, alongside my partners, Pat and Cook and Gabe Jones. And we're going to do a little Christmas special as we are a few hours away from Christmas Day. Hopefully, y'all having a happy holidays and Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. I know COVID-19 is still around, so you might not be around family, but just be thankful that you are alive for another day and you have family members that are still here with us on this lovely earth. But we're going to get right into it as we're going to talk about uh, the NBA. The NBA just started up a couple of days ago, and then we're going to hit on the NFL as well. And then also we're going to top it off with our best 2020 moments. Even though it might not have been the best year, we still going we're going to end it off with a good note. But we're going to start it off with the NBA. The NBA started uh, their 2020-2021 season two days ago. Uh, y'all, we're going we gonna to hit the – y'all want to hit on the first two games first? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so those the first two games. The first game was definitely a blowout, wasn't even close. That was the Warriors versus the Nets. Kevin Durant in his first game in a year and a half, getting it done. The Nets won 125 to 99. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that first game. Well, for me in that first game, I was looking at um, what Kevin Durant was going to do. My kind of standout that I was looking at for the MVP was Kevin Durant. And so I was kind of looking to see what is he going to be like early on in this game. And he kind of had the same sort of vibe. I don't know if you guys can remember back to whenever he came back in the NBA Finals off that kind of calf injury uh, in game, I believe, six or seven that it was uh, with the Warriors. And he started out uh, in game five, I think, is um, is what Marcus is saying here. But he came out, and I think he went seven for seven or something uh, from the field. And I was like, how is this guy? He hasn't played in two months here. He is coming back uh, straight away. Well, it's the same sort of thing. Against his old uh, his old squad, the Golden State Warriors, I think came out six for six or seven for seven, something crazy like that. These aren't layups. I mean, these are kind of step in three pointers right in the right in the face of Eric Pascal a, a couple of times in that one. So uh, early early start for KD was great. Uh, he looked confident. He looked confident in his ability. He didn't look any slower, any less burst than uh, what some might have thought. And another uh, big time player was Kyrie. Kyrie Irving and uh, the development between those two early on. I think there's going to be some uh, uh, some kinks that they're going to have to work out through the season. But tonight or uh, that night against Golden State, I think it worked perfectly for him. Each of them knew what possession they needed to take, what not to take. Uh, I thought Kyrie did a good job getting out of the way and then getting back into the way when it was his turn to take over. But really, the main thing I, I think we'll talk about mainly here, guys, is this Nets team, uh, it's it's 10 to 12 people deep, and they're not really skipping a beat. I, I really love Chris LeVert coming off the bench. And uh, for a lot of M- NBA teams, he's going to be that second or third option on the starting lineup, much less coming off the bench. But right now, Steve Nash, he's got to uh, love where he's at right now with his team. And for the Warriors, uh, you can't say you're very happy with that start, mainly because Steph Curry, uh, he's going to have to shoulder a lot of the load this season. And in that first game, he came came out a little slow, and I think that's to be expected. But so some warning signs for the Warriors, but some really positive moments uh, for, for, for the Brooklyn Nets. Dude, I love what I've seen from KD. All I am thinking in my head whenever I see him play is don't get injured, don't get injured, don't get injured. 
as long as he doesn't get injured, he's just going to be a beast, man. Um, that Nets team, a lot of talent, only one ball, but it seemed like they were moving the ball pretty well. So I guess Dan Tony, Steve Nash running uh, quasi seven seconds or less offense with that Nets team, and we'll see how far it takes them. My thing moving over to Golden State side, uh, Stephen Curry doing his thing. Uh, he'll catch rhythm in the season. I'm hoping to see an MVP-like season from Stephen Curry, being that he doesn't have Klay Thompson alongside of him, and he just got other guys who aren't going to be able to space the floor as well as a Klay Thompson would, but they can score points, so they aren't absolutely useless. But the main thing that I'm interested in seeing from Golden State, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr came in, took over a team that won 50-plus wins. They had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, that group of guys ascending. Fire Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr comes in. They win some championships. Or they win a championship, lose, get Kevin Durant, and continue winning. We'll actually see if Steve Kerr is actually a good coach. He actually has some talent on this team. So, Without injury, there should be no excuse. We should see how good he actually is. Uh, I agree with both of you guys' points. Uh, Kevin Durant, it was an efficient night for him. Uh, shot seven for 16, 22 points in 25 minutes. Uh, that's that's pretty dangerous uh, as he's only he only played basically a half and scored 22 points. <laughs> I, if I'm Steve Nash, I'm taking it each and every day of the week. Uh, Steph Curry, he did start off slow, but defense is going to be 10 to him even more now than in the past. So it's going to be a lot harder for Steph when he's get, having that number one wing defender and not having the space like he typically would these past couple of years with no Kevin Durant, with no Klay Thompson. And just to be honest, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, they did not have a good game in this game. Andrew Wiggins, four for 16 with 13 points. Kelly Uber only had six points, three of 14 from the field. It's going to have to be more between those two guys specifically, seven combined field goals for 30, seven for 30. If you're Steve Curry, you're going to need those guys to pick it up a little bit to help out still. Yes, Draymond didn't play in this game. Draymond would have added a little bit of extra for the Warriors. I still think that Brooklyn was going to win at such a large margin that they did. One thing I also wanted to point out was with the Brooklyn Nets, that ball movement, like Gabe said, with Steve Nash, Dan Tony, also uh, Vaughn, the assistant coaches, they're still implementing that ball movement that they've had in the past couple of years. And that's good to see because you don't want you no know, a lot of ISO ball once you get down the stretch. And it might look good right now, with a lot of ISO balls, the a la James Harden's of the world, so the Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, the Bucks offense somewhat. But once you get in playoff time, you got to have those sets, those ball movement and body movement as well to get you good looks. But it will look really good for the Nets. The Nets can be a very dangerous team. Karis LeVert coming off the bench. He easily can be a six-man of the year. And the Nets also have four four guys that can get you 17 a night. Yeah, two things for me. I, I like Gabe's point on Steve Kerr. Uh, 
one of the main thing that kind of sets apart coaches is that they can kind of rebuild and they can kind of reclassify what their team is going to be. He had that run with Draymond. And as, as Gabe pointed out, that those really weren't his guys. He kind of had them when he came in. Now it's going to be key for him to get Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins, a guy that's got, who was the next LeBron James coming out of high schools is what they're touting him. And he has not lived up to that potential at all. Although he's gotten the contract of a LeBron James, but he hasn't been living up to that to that expectation. Um, and then kind of what you were saying, Marcus, I, I really wanted to see what Joe Harris was going to be like in this game, because I think a tendency with a great th three point shooter is just kind of have him in the corner, have him just kind of sit there and then you can feed him the basketball. But I really like what they did with him. They kind of kept him still involved in the offense. They uh, gave him some pick and roll situations as well. They gave him the freedom to put the, uh, the basketball on the floor. He wasn't just shooting three pointers. So I think that's going to be a huge part for them is, to get that correct balance, uh, you want Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to take over basketball games, but you also can't have those guys just kind of standing out at the three-point line, which is something that I've seen uh, a lot with my Cavaliers is kind of have uh, some passengers out there on the offensive end just kind of standing at the arc. But um, I think Steve Nash, it's a, it's a good start for him, and it's going to be big for him. I think it was it's going to be important for them to get off to a good start because I think uh, some doubt can creep in and that's kind of where you get young coaches in trouble. But I mean, if you start flying high early, um, you're going to kind of start playing with your, uh, the, the wind in your sails, if you will. We got to move on to the latter game of December 22nd. That was the Clippers versus the Lakers. The Lakers, you know, won the chip and it was opening night. So everybody got their rings and mm -hmm. they, they, that, that bedazzled, nice piece of jewelry and the Clippers uh it's funny to me because I, I like what Shannon Sharp has said they, they're the two-time opening night champs uh <laughs> as the as the Clippers won 116 to 109 Paul George had a little uh pandemic P moment yeah. but after that he he got to cooking in the second half as he finished with 33 points uh what did y'all think from the Clippers standpoint and then also well, one thing I would say, uh, did you guys think that like the Lakers just just wasn't fully in it, or they just was too was they too focused on thinking about that that ring that they wasn't really prepared for what happened after the fact? Dude, I mean, always you see constantly um, a lot of teams after they get their rings, it's an emotional moment. Their spirits are super high. And they're just focused on having a good time pretty much before the game starts. So, and it's the first game of the season. So we lose this game and eh, so what? We'll make it up in the season. So the Lakers, they definitely weren't just, I say, keen in focus because we saw what happened in the preseason. Not saying that the preseason didn't all be all, but come on, they were kicking these team, this team's tail up and down the floor without LeBron and AD most of the time so the Clippers they did come out to play uh as you said two-time uh opening at night champions Paul George said hey bro, I got my trainer whenever I had my MVP season what MVP season I don't know but <laughs> apparently he got that trainer back yeah. and it seemed in this one game of one he he was doing his thing I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock him but whenever you have guys of Paul George and of Kawhi Leonard's talent these guys can just get buckets at will so of course they're doing their thing before before I let Patton go on Gabe's point with Paul George 
that was on all the smoke that he uh, did the interview with. And he's talking about the MVP year is when he was with Russ and he was the finished third in the MVP race a couple years ago. That that's and he was also a candidate for defensive player of the year. I think he was talking about that year. If, I know exactly what he was talking about. If he's gonna call that his MVP year MVP year, then Carmelo should call his MVP year the year that mm. he stopped LeBron from getting unanimous <laughs> with his one vote. Yeah. It was Carmelo's MVP year. That's uh that yeah that's 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 pretty funny. I I thought Paul George would have a good game in this one. I was telling a friend of mine. I, I think he's gonna go off for thirty plus just because of the the constant jab and he's been getting for two or three months with the the pandemic p the bubble p well whatever nickname uh, Twitter ended up giving him at the end of the day. For the Lakers, uh, you gotta really put into context that they're really coming off. Uh, two months really of, of, uh, of no basketball games. Although they had that break in between the bubble, I really wouldn't call a, a pandemic a vacation by, by any stretch. I think the stress levels were as high as they've ever been. So, um, but for them, I think 70 days was, was the difference between their last game in the finals to opening night. And LeBron was talking about this all summer and I was kind of uh, wasn't buying it, but I, I think there's something in that. And I think you can kind of see that here tonight. They weren't uh, fully going for it, but, Towards that, uh, I, I thought they gave it their best shot early on and then tried to make a late run in the fourth quarter but couldn't do it. I thought Kawhi looked good again. Had 26 shots and 26 points. Not not the most efficient night for Kawhi, but if you're going to have Paul George doing what he does tonight, like I said last year, I think the Clippers can beat the uh, Lakers anytime they want, but it's all dependent on what Paul George did. And with 33 points, he did just that. I thought Dennis Schroeder in this game looked pretty good. I think that's a good sight for them to see, but my main issue right now with the Lakers is um, after what, after seeing what JaVale McGee did uh, for my Cavaliers a few, a few days ago, I don't know why they gave him up for Mark Gasol. I, I just didn't like the look of Mark uh, defensively in this lineup, just because I thought he was getting absolutely exposed on the pick and roll. He's just too, it looks too slow out there. And I, I don't think he offers a true defensive test. And I think when you've got a guy like LeBron, who if he can take a possession or two off on the defensive end to get you that uh, must-needed bucket on the other end, you need someone like a JaVel McGee or a Dwight Howard, and they chose not to get either one of them, and they brought in Mark Gasol. So I don't know what you guys think about that one, but um, early, uh, like I said, this is kind of early uh, Monday morning quarterback, if you will, but early reaction to Mark Gasol is I'm not loving uh, the fit right now, now uh, game one. Mark Gasol, this, this was his stat line for game one, zero points, five fouls, one rebound, one assist in 12 yeah. minutes. <laughs> that plus minus of a negative eight. It wasn't yeah. wasn't the best for Marcus Hall, but you got to think and realize that you also have Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. So whenever that Gasol isn't doing the best defensively, you have a, a guy like Montrez Harrell, who was the sixth man of the year, who played really well, 17 points, six or seven from the field, had a double-double. Uh, with 10 rebounds. So whenever Marcus Gasol, you can tell that if, if he's not having the best night, some nights it's going to be him, some nights it won't. Sometimes it will be a bad matchup. You might have to go with Montrez Harold in the starting lineup or have him have more minutes. I think Marcus Gasol understands that and moving down the line, it's just that veteran leadership. I think that's the thing that the Lakers went after him was that leadership that Marcus Gasol has and the understanding of his role. 
Yeah, and, and and like I said, I think Montrez, there's there's going to be a spot for him, and I guess you're wanting to give him more more minutes. And uh, Mark Gasol is not going to get the minutes that a Javale McGee would uh, would necessarily want, just because of the size, I guess, of him. But I think that's going to be a, a, a worrisome spot for the Lakers. How how much production can they get out of Mark Gasol? Because I think they could have fit in a Javale McGee's contract. They just gave him away for free. I think they uh, we traded him Alfonso McKinney. Um, and I believe they waived him immediately after. So it's just a weird move for me. Um, Gabe, I don't know what you think about it. Now, as far as Marcus all goes, um, he was never like the most athletic guy, but he was always one of the most intelligent players on the floor. A guy that can find passes that other big men don't usually find. He's like a uh, old-time discount Jokic, I guess one would say. Maybe like the second best passing big man in the league, likely Big Spain is. Um, so he's just going to have his time integrating himself into this Lakers offense. Defensively, he's just a big guy. Uh, he can take up space. Not really like the athletic freak that Dwight Howard or JaVale was, but I think that it'll just take time to integrate him into this team, and he'll do he'll do just fine. All right, let's go ahead and hit on the next day. Uh, that was on the twenty third. Uh, it was some, it was some wild game. It was a, some wild yeah. stuff that was going on. Uh, like uh, uh, Patton's Cavaliers picked up a W, but one to know, dropping. Yeah, the Cavaliers are one and one to know undefeated. Uh, for the for the season, I say right I, I say we stop the count now. Stop the season. Uh, just put us in the playoffs. All one and zero teams in the playoffs. Hold on, Terry Rozier. Go ahead. I I want to know your thoughts on my boy Colin Sexton because coming out of college, I said it's my guy. I'm rolling with him. He's not gonna be a bust. 27 in the first game. How you feeling? I I'm I'm very elated with Colin Sexton. He's constantly been the one shining light. Uh, for a little bit uh, in that rookie year, I, I wasn't sure that he could be the starting point guard just because I think there were some tendencies for him to kind of. Uh, put his head down and kind of bully his way into the basket at his own detriment. But here recently, he's got a shot, and that's really forcing defense to sag off on him and or, or, or press on him, and he's got the speed to uh, blow by him. So right now, I think the value for pick we got him at number five, uh, you're looking at, I believe, Kevin Knox went immediately after at six. I am uh, I'm more than happy with what the Cavs are doing right now. But uh, – like I said, I say stop the count. Uh, stop the count as president or uh, ex-president Trump uh, shall say. Former president Trump. Former president. X might be a little yeah. violent. I, I don't... <laughs> Patting a little harsh on. on, on. Right, no, no, no. It's. But as as Gabe said, Colin Sexton had a good night. Uh. The, his 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 Nashville native, Patton's Nashville native, Darius Garland had also a good night mm. uh, with 22 points, six rebounds, and six assists. Terry Rozier had 42. Gordon Hayward had 28 in his debut as a Hornet. Uh, it was that was a a wild game to say the least because the Cavs was up as much as 22, but yep. they finished off the game winning by seven. I know John Morant had 44. And nine assists against the Spurs. It was, it was, it was, Dude, it was a how lot of smooth. Was he hey. in the game? Oh my gosh, he's just doing everything. He hit this one up and under where I think he took it basically with one hand and just scooped it. He, oh my gosh, he's amazing. I'm so glad Memphis got him. Yeah, uh, 
I, it's a it's a little backstory behind it. This uh, what I'm about to say, but this past weekend, uh, Austin P had played Murray State, and you know that uh, if you were from either school, uh, you know that it's a robbery between the two, and uh, Austin P picked up the dub uh, in the second game because you know the first game was at Murray and they Murray blew out Austin P. Yeah. Then Murray uh, came down to, Aust- to Clarksville. Austin P picked up the dub, and it was. It was a couple players talking noise to uh Ja Morant and uh those I, I'm I, I ain't gonna say no names, but those two players combined for three points uh yeah. out of the entire game. And you're talking to a NBA star in his first game in the NBA season, he drops 44 and nine. Give or take it wasn't Spurs, who last year was one of the worst defenses in the league. But I don't I don't think you should and, be talking talking yeah. noise to uh, Mr. Ja Morant. And, and I think Mr. Morant uh, kind of made that known to the four, the to the poor fellow on Twitter. And I, I don't care who you are, just don't jab at NBA players because they've got the the Twitter following to make your life a living hell. And I think, uh, I like we said, we're not going to name names here, but I, I think he got some replies to his tweets that maybe you didn't exactly see coming. But um, John Morant, uh, what what more can you say about him? I think. Zion and Jaw, I think they're always going to be attached. Uh, should who should have picked two? But I think both of them are going to be all stars and uh, and all pros uh, here, uh, or all NBA teams, I guess I, I should say. So uh, fun night for Jaw. Um, more of the same for him. Let's go ahead and move on. Well, Demar Derozan, he had a pretty efficient night, I will say as well, with twenty eight points. The Spurs had seven guys in double figures. Mm. That's a if you are the Grizzlies. You gotta gotta get some stops somewhere, especially for that. But they didn't have Jaron Jackson. He, he is hurt. He's gonna be out for quite some time. Hopefully, when he comes back, the Grizzlies can get their mojo back and get that uh, next gen Grizz uh, to going. Let's move yeah. on. Now, which I want to oh one another person uh, who had a triple double. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a triple double in three quarters against the 76ers, but the 76ers pulled it out. I don't know if y'all saw that video. Did y'all see Ben Simmons and uh, Dwight Howard shooting jumpers after oh, yeah. that game? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's up with Dwight Howard wanting to shoot three-pointers, but uh, I mean, you can go right ahead if you're going to give Ben Simmons some confidence. Well, and, 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 I, and I've got a, a little uh, stat for the gamblers out there. I think it was plus 700 for Ben Simmons to attempt and make a three-pointer in that game. I don't – I mean, he just uh, – I, I think he took the uh, t- took the under in that when he got the uh, minus seven hundred because he didn't look like he wanted anything to do with that three pointer. But that's what Ben's going to have to do. But uh, a little little funny thing that uh, as ga- sports gambling here is legal in Tennessee, we can kind of air that on the airwaves here. One of my friends, uh, I think it was a fan duel bet. Ben Simmons uh, minus, I think. I want to say minus a hundred for over making over four threes. So like three and a half threes on the season. <laughs> he said he was going to bet a thousand dollars. I told him he's going to lose a thousand dollars. Don't I don't do know it. if he'll take three or four all season. <laughs> don't do it. Hey, he will be one happy camper once he hit that four three. I know that for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know don't how guaranteed do it. it will be for him to make that four three, but Hey, it, it is what it is. Uh, 
What's another game we can hit on before oh, we get on this? The, Bucks? Uh, oh. Hawks, the Hawks Bulls yes. game. Trey Young had a huge game. Yeah. 37 points, like eight, nine assists. He looked, I mean, he just looked like Trey Young. He's doing Trey Young things. Trey Young had 27 in the first half against the Bulls. Hot. That was, they, it wasn't even close. This is the first, for the first half, Atlanta scored 42 and 41 points in the first half. 83 in one half. It wasn't close. I don't know. Hey, that Bulls team is not get Zach Levine up out of Chicago. That's that's what yeah. that's how I've been feeling. They didn't want to sign, they want to sign uh Lori Market into it. So he's gonna be a restricted free agent. I don't I don't know what that Bulls team I don't I don't know. It don't look good. Uh, defenseless. Just a defenseless team. It's okay. They'll be at the bottom, hanging out with the Cavs. Well, we're one and zero right now. Uh, let, let, let's move Chicago. But uh, one thing on them, I think, th- just their draft strategy the past couple of years. I, although they've um, they drafted a few point guards, I think this year's draft they got the the, the tall taller one in, in Halliburton. I think, um, uh, that was, uh, but Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, mm-hmm. but I, I just think you get exposed too much if you start uh, taking these small point guards. Kobe White on the other end is a really good player, but they're just really uh, – Trey Young was really attacking him for, for most of the night. And um, for Chicago, I, I really – I don't know. I, I Just a, a tough spot for them where they're at in this year's draft. There really wasn't a solid number four pick uh, for me in this one. And kind of the, the same thing with the lottery is you don't reward the really, really bad teams. Instead, you kind of just – have a toss up for maybe one of the mid-level teams like a like a Hornets to get one of the top picks in the league. So I um I think I'm I'm beating a dead horse here. I've been saying it for a long time. The Bulls and the Cavs, they were never tanking. They were just this bad and and, and the talent on that roster was always this bad. So just a, a tough one for them, but Trey Young, uh, another guy who really needs to take that uh, next step up just in terms of carrying a basketball team in this game. I thought he did exactly that all granted against uh, a, a not so good basketball team in Chicago. I just want to say that the Bulls, I don't know what the Bulls are doing because they still are paying Otto Porter max no. dollars, but don't want to give Lori Market any in no. any money. Uh, I, I don't know that 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 just questions a lot of things. That's that's a post Jordan Bulls kind of move, I will say. Uh, but hey, Trey Young only missing two shots in the game. That looks pretty well for him. DeAndre Hunter was a plus 40 in this game and plus minus. That's that. Oh, man. That, that was that game wasn't even close. Dude, I'm sorry if you're a Bulls fan. It's tough. Uh, can we hit on uh, this Jazz Trailblazers game? Oh, man. Hey, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. But your team just don't. They don't play defense. <laughs> that is the answer, man. We got all the talent on the offensive side. We now – everybody's healthy. We got Rodney Hood back, re-signed Carmelo. Um, Gary Trent Jr., obviously a bucket. Dame, CJ, Nurkic. We, we, we got a squad. We, we doing our no. thing, making the dudes what it does. But on the defensive end, we play defense. Ain't no D in it, man. And that is that is our situation. And also what does not help is Charles Barkley cursing us every year. Oh, yeah. That we're going to yeah. make it to the finals. He's given, he's given people on national TV this expectation. Oh, Charles Barkley said that the Blazers should be good. They should make the finals. Dude, stop. 
Stop yeah. doing this to my team, man. I'm just trying to see us succeed. Please. He yep, he he, he put a hundred thousand reasons why the, the why the Trailblazers won't make it to the <laughs> to the NBA finals. That gave a, a question for you on that one. Now a lot of the times when you see kind of these uh tough display defensively, there's just no no uh no effort. Is it the effort or are you seeing just the personnel out there are just aren't good defenders no matter how hard they try? Well, I think Dame has improved on the defensive end. Um, but CJ, uh he tries, um, but defense is an effort thing, but you also need to have athleticism. It'd be nice if you had a good long wingspan. We did get Robert Covington. He's a nice defender. Yusuf Nurkic is a good defender on the inside, but if they drag him out to the outside, he'll get cooked. Right. Um, so we don't have guys that are uh, two-way players, as they like to call them. Basketball is a two-way game. You're on the floor. You're going to have to play offense and defense. Um, but, no, we don't have many players that are specialists at that. We just got a lot of bucket getters. So that's what we're just going to have to do. We're and, just going to have to outscore the other team. And, and you see a lot of teams want to try and emulate what uh, Portland is doing. And I get it. I think what Dame and uh, CJ have done as a tandem these past couple of years is awesome. But um, – you really, you really get hurt on the defensive end, and and the Cavs have tried to done it here with Darius Garland and and Colin Sexton. I'd love for it to ultimately work out, but I just have a feeling that one of them is going to have to get shifted out, and more than likely, it's just going to be Garland, just because of what Sexton is doing offensively um, as a whole right now. But I, I just think um, when you got two uh, two guards who who aren't over six foot four, I think you really get hurt, and um, and that's kind of how I how I view it. I'd love for the Trailblazers to work, but I'm with you. Whenever I just uh, I just steer clear whatever Charles Barkley's saying, and, and I usually come out on, on the other end on it. Uh, yeah. One thing I do want to say, uh, for that matter, defensively, coming off the bench, please do not have Ennis Cancer and Carmelo Anthony on the court at the same time. Oh my time. gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They'll score yeah, 100 points, the other team will. Yeah. Like, immediately. Just one shot. Hey, that's all I'm going to say, Terry Stotts. Just don't – you can't have it. You can't have those two guys on the court at the same time. One or the other, but not both. Let's let's just move on because that, that game wasn't even close, really. That, that game wasn't close at all. Uh, I want to hit on this Nuggets and Kings game. That, that game somewhat – upsetting me a lot because the Nuggets literally had a game in the bag. Jokic balled out, triple-double, and and Will Barton. Oh, Will Barton. Jokic had 29 points, 15 rebounds, 14 assists. And Will Barton just chokes it at the end. Will Barton also stated that he wanted to start. And in the first game, you choke against Harrison Barnes. And letting Harrison Barnes just get you buckets in the clutch moments. And then also, your team is up to a great design, and you get a wide open dunk. You go up lazily, lazy, and gets blocked by from behind from who? No else but Harrison Barnes. And then go down the other way, and then they tie the ball game up, and then they end up stealing a game from you because of Buddy Hield on a tip in. You. That game should have been over with, but the Nuggets really didn't play well at all in that throughout their whole game, honestly. They just somehow came close and was winning in the end, but just blew it all together. 
So one that's one that's my take on the Nuggets game. Will Barton, you deserve to be coming off the bench. <laughs> I mean, whenever you have the talent of a Michael Porter Jr. in there, uh, Gary Harris, who's an excellent defender, Jamal Murray, well, those are your spots right there, and you don't have a chance to start. And that, Sorry, and that's buddy. the thing. That's the thing, though. Gary Harris and Jamal Murray did not play well. 19 combined points. They shot five of 18 from the field. Jamal Murray also fouled out late in that fourth quarter. So for Will Barton, that was your time to shine. And what did you do? Stink it up. <laughs> that, 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 that solidifies it, sir. I'm sorry, but you got to come off the bench. Michael Porter Jr. had 24 points. Yes, yeah, you and, had and 16. You, yes, you had 16 points, but you shot seven for 16. And, and, and on a whole for uh, Denver, I know this is early on, but I just hope this isn't a team that will always kind of talk about as the potential because we got, uh, like Gabe kind of rattled off, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, Jokic down low. I just hope this isn't a team that we're always talking about. Maybe this is the year. I, I hope this is uh, in the next few years, maybe LeBron uh, retires here in, in a few years that, they can finally get over that hope because this is a team in Denver that I can see kind of being that team that we always just wonder what if. And and it, when you have moments like that, when you've got players like like Will Barton, that kind of tends to be the case. So we'll, um, we'll see about that. I think Sacramento could be a fun team to kind of look out for on, on the West Coast. De'Aaron Fox is a guy um, I have always liked coming out of, uh, out of college at Kentucky. Didn't have the best game here tonight, but him and Buddy Heald on the backcourt, uh, that, 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 that's a pretty good matchup for me. Let's go ahead and move on to this, the final game that we're going to talk about is the Milwaukee versus the Bucks. I mean, not Milwaukee versus the Bucks. The Bucks versus the Celtics. Excuse me. As the Celtics ended up winning 122 to 121 after Jason Tatum banks in a three. Then Giannis at the end uh, missed the game-time free throw. It, but Giannis finished with 35 points. He he balled out. Giannis doing Giannis things. Back to back MVPs. Tatum had 30. Jalen Brown, 33 points. That's another guy you got to watch out for. Who is going to be another star on this team? Uh, what's y'all guys' quick takes on it so we could move forward? Um, Jeff Teague. If Kimball Walker is going to be out. Jeff Teague inserted him. He's been an all-star before. He's doing his thing. I think he's a solid player. He's not as much as a defensive liability as a Kimball Walker is. Not saying that he is the greatest on defense, just not as much as a liability as Kimball Walker is. But what I love is the continuity between Tatum and Brown. If those guys can figure out how to let each other cook during that thing, and they've gotten rid of uh, Gordon Hayward, the Celtics, they might make the finals. I'm telling you. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from from Boston in this one. I was looking out for uh, former Cavalier Tristan Thompson, and I thought he did exactly what Boston wants from him, 12 points and also eight rebounds to go along with it and had had four offensive rebounds to himself. And that's, like I said early in the season, that's going to be huge for Boston, getting extra possessions for uh, the ball in the hands of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Those are just going to turn into three, uh, three points more than likely. That that's just kind of how they seem to fall uh, for those two. And I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think they're going to continue to make this step. And I think right now, for me, I, I think they're right near the top of the East, right alongside Brooklyn. It just all depends 
on how well this roster can kind of mold together. There's some new pieces, uh, as as um, Gabe just mentioned with Jeff Teague. I thought he played very well in this one. Um, but like I said, I, I think it's all going to come down to what uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum do. And if they can do what they did tonight, combining for 63 points, I don't know how many more teams in the NBA are going to be able to match that other than uh, the Brooklyn the, than the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, good game for them. Giannis missing at the free throw line. I, I think that was always going to be a tough one for him. I, I think that's maybe uh, for a guy like that and, and LeBron, I think that's the toughest shot you could ask for. I think he'd rather be at the three-point line than having to make two free throws as time is pretty much expiring. So tough one there for Giannis, but I think we're going to see more games like that against the Bucks and Celtics because – I think the two are pretty evenly matched, and I thought Giannis, I thought he did very well for uh, his first game since signing that, uh, that that big old contract that he got before the season. One thing I do want to say with the Bucks is that they're going to need bench play extremely bad. You can't have – don't get me wrong. Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, they played exceptional, but – when your next guy out of the starting five only scores six points, and that's Pat Connaughton, yeah. you're gonna need some more. You need you're gonna need some more help because there's gonna be games where Brooke Lopez can't hit shots, DiVincenzo can't hit shots, some games where Chris Middleton can't hit shots. There might be a game where Giannis can't hit shots, and you're gonna need somebody else. And that was the questionable thing. Well, I know they were trying to push extremely hard for getting uh Bogdanovich, but Hey, he's not on your team. You're gonna find have to find other ways. That's the only thing that I have to say on that. But the Bucks are still gonna be a really good team. The Celtics are gonna be a top three team as well. So you just gotta wait and see. It's it's only it's only day two of uh, the NBA season. So we did a little bit of overreaction somewhat. <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on to the NFL. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to my partner Gabe, because you know he's been holding it down for quite some time. So Gabe, go ahead and start for us, man. The Niffle, the Niffle. We are almost into the playoffs. We got uh, pretty tight races in three different divisions. Um, the AFC South, uh, the Colts and the Titans, similar records, very close records, if not the same records. Um, depending on how these last two games shake out, will depend on who wins that division. Also in the NFC West, uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams are playing each other. This will determine who will win the division. And also the Steelers. The Steelers, the Steelers, the Steelers. They went from being 11-0 and to being currently 11-3. and If they finish the season 11-5, and they could sneak out. They could lose their first spot to the Browns. Who would have saw that coming? But to get into it, we'll talk about two doozies. We'll start with the Steelers. How did they lose to the Bengals? Please, anybody, did anybody bet on the Bengals? Because they won a good amount of money. Uh, you, you didn't anticipate that the Bengals would come out playing defensively that well. Uh, they shut down that Steelers offense. The Steelers offense have been struggling these past couple weeks as defenses are starting to understand that offense a little bit and it's getting somewhat predictable. Uh, you're just doubling Chase Claypool over the top, putting your number one receiver, I mean, DB on Juju Smith-Schuster. And uh, they've been lo just locking it down. And there hasn't been much of a run game. James Conner has been hurt. 
But Snell, he's had some good games, bad games here, but you need a consistent run game for the Steelers. Yeah, for the Steelers, I, I think this has kind of been a long time coming for them. Even though they were winning games, I thought just their performances, I, I think when they play, played Dallas, I think they're really lucky to get out of that game with a win. Uh, Dallas winning for a lot of the game, and then Big Ben comes back near the end to kind of pull it out. But in this one, uh, when you fall down seven to no, uh, 17 to nothing against any NFL team, it's always going to be uh, tough to come back from, and especially when you're – a Pittsburgh offense who is kind of their MO all season has been, let's play with the lead and kind of play with our pass rush. Well, in this game, you gave Cincinnati uh, the opportunity really to run the ball as much as they wanted to. They had uh, Giovanni Bernard with 83 yards on 25 carries. I mean, that sat alone, you pretty much kept the game in half when you have as that as many uh, rushing yards as you can. And then Ryan Finley, the quarterback, he had 50 yards on 10 carries by himself as well. So, I think when you fall down behind on what um, against the Steelers, I think it really eliminates what they do best, and that's to get after the quarterback and force turnovers. Whether that would be T.J. Watt, you got Mika Fitzpatrick also um, occasionally coming down on the uh, on the pass rush, uh, blitzing off his safety spot. But for me, I think the warning signs for the Steelers have kind of been coming, and I think this offense it's it's very stale and very predictable, and it's been uh, all that this season so far. One thing I also want to point out, <clears throat> excuse me, was that uh, some of their defensive players have been getting hurt. I know they're uh, – can't think of their – I think it's Swam, their middle linebacker. He got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Dupree, their other DN on the other side of TJ Watt, he's out for the season. So they've been having a lot of key pieces that was holding them up early on in the season that's been out. And now – you got to lean on that offense to give you 24, at least 24 points. And that's something that they've been struggling to do in these past few weeks. So when you move forward, you got to play the Browns and you have to play, I believe, the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Colts you got to score points against these teams. Yeah. And, and the thing yeah. is with the Colts for them, the Colts, I think, have got the best defense in football right now when they have DeForest Buckner out there. And, and I think, uh, Ben, he's going to be on his backside a lot this week just because the O-line is starting to kind of deteriorate itself. They've got injuries as well. I think Pouncey has missed a couple of games this season for them. But right now, Pittsburgh, they're not where they want to be. And I think they really need to win this week just to kind of give themselves a little bit of alleviated pressure because – Coming into that last game against the Browns, right now, I think they're one of the hottest teams in football. And I think the Browns, you can pretty much just spot them 25 to 30 points against any offense right now, just because of the way Baker is playing as well as Nick Chubb. Uh, when you got a running game going into December, I think that's a recipe for success. And they've got two guys with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb who can start for just about any uh, NFL NFL team in the league right now. So, um troublesome uh for for the Steelers do you think there's any way Mike Tomlin can turn this uh, team around as you said they've been dealing with some injuries on defense their defense has been tops in the league but we all know that can quickly crumble whenever certain players are just getting plucked out by injury or whatever reason um and then also on the offensive side Big Ben has been getting the ball out in about two seconds because his line hasn't been able to hold up. 
line also hasn't been able to hold up for blocking for the running backs. Mm. This last game, they rushed for, I believe, a combined like 91 yards. But the game before that, it was about 60. The game before that, it was like 40. So they their run game has been pretty much non-existent. Is there any way Coach Mike Tomlin will be able to right the ship of this Steelers team? Uh, I'm not. I'm not fully sure because these next two teams they're going against are one. They're two top tier defenses. You you had a chance. That's the thing. You had a chance this week, this past week against the Bengals, who have been struggling to spark your offense, but you couldn't. And now it's it's playing those eleven wins are playing in the back of your head. You're not thinking about those 11 wins now. You're just trying not to lose instead of trying to win. So I think that's the mindset. You have to change their mindset of not trying to lose, but being more focused on winning and executing. I think execution is really the key for them because you really can't change a lot this late into the season. You can make minor adjustments, but not major adjustments. And and I agree with Marcus there. I don't think it's going to necessarily come from the offense. I think if anything – I think if, if anyone can do it, I, I think Mike Tomlin is one of the best man management coaches in the league right now. Him and Mike Rabel, what they get out of guys just coming off the street, I think is uh, is really, really good. So I think they're going to get it from that defense. I think they're going to force a little bit more turnovers here late. They haven't forced as many, which I thought was Ryan Finley. I, I was expecting at least four takeaways in that game just because kind of a deer in the headlights against a traditional Steelers defense is kind of what you would come to expect but also look at the special teams I think that's another aspect that kind of gets left uh, left out in the mud they had a muff pun I do believe against Cincinnati in that game when you don't have the offense working for you you need uh you definitely need the other two facets of the game to be pretty much perfect and they weren't in that game so I'd look for special teams whether that be a big punt a big kick return which they've got guys who can do that uh for them so I, I think if you can get um some contributions out of the other two I think you can help along that offense who I think they're going to end up figuring it out because I think Juju right now, of course, he's kind of been uh, pressured into stop his uh, shenanigans on the on the on the logos pregame. He was uh, he said he's going to stop doing that. I don't think um, him stopping it is going to um, change anything for him, but I think the added motivation for him that guys are, are getting at him, and I think he's going to want to come out and show out for this upcoming game against. Uh, Indianapolis coaches who don't don't have the best secondary where their strong suit comes is up front. So look for Juju in this game. I think he's been poked fun at a little too much this past couple of weeks. So look for him in this game. But they need every bit uh, on that offense because Big Ben at his age, he can't do his kind of late game heroics standing in the pocket and uh, kind of slinging off six different uh, defensive backs or defensive ends, I should say. Indeed. Well, as I said, Steelers went in. I believe they were 11-0 and 0 before they caught their first loss from one goose egg to another. The Jets, deep into their season, winless and come out and get a W. The Jets, so incompetent that they can't even tank correctly. These guys out here playing the Rams, the Rams looking forward probably into their next game against the Seahawks cough one up to the Jets. Guys, what were your thoughts in this game? Did y'all see this one coming? I, I didn't see this one coming at all. Uh, the Rams the Rams have really good games, and then they have really bad games. And this game was a really bad game for their offense. And 
if you're the Jets, if you was really trying to get Trevor Lawrence, just lose. Now, uh, now, I don't know what path and what direction the Jets are going to go now because you don't have that first pick. Are you going to draft a quarterback? Are you going to try to draft a receiver? Are you going to try to draft a offensive lineman? Like, what route are you going to go now since you're – you for sure don't have the number one pick anymore. That's going to most likely go to Jacksonville because Jacksonville is going to for sure know what to do in tank. Yeah, weird one for the Jets. Not sure exactly what they're doing after they pretty much just gave away a win against Oakland. I was expecting the same sort of, th- same sort of thing when they uh, had this one, uh, had the lead going into the fourth. I was expecting another zero blitz for a, a Derek Carr to throw over the top for a touchdown, but it didn't happen in this game. I'm not exactly sure what they're thinking. I think just another Adam Gay specialty uh, kind of screwing up what his team needs. I mean, if you're going to win this game, you need it back in September, not not here in in December. But a weird a weird game for me, just because if you would think the Jets were going to win, you would expect uh, Sam Darnold to have an absolute stunner of a game. He barely got over 200 yards in this game, so it wasn't like he had um, he wasn't trying to show out for his team that to think hey, you don't need to try, uh, uh, draft Trevor Lawrence. I, I, that, that wasn't this game at all. So just a weird game. And for the Rams, this is kind of one of those constant things that you hear that on any given Sunday, any team can beat you. But you just didn't see that team here this week being one of those any given teams. So uh, a weird one. The NFL kind of continues on the merry-go-round of just weird results. And uh, that happened here this week. But for Jets fans, I mean, this was probably um, – I mean, this was coal in the stockings on Christmas morning as it was a win this week for the Jets. Dude, so the Jets, I just want to say shout out to Frank Gore. Them legs still yeah. moving. Yeah. And for the Jets, I will say, I believe their last like eight games, they've gone out and scored in their first uh, on their first drive. So yeah, I don't think that it's coming from a place of just blatant incompetence while they can win games, the plan was to tank. So just lose, lose the game. We see what's going on, go go lose. But it's the Jets. We, who, who can we blame? All right, it's the Jets. All right, uh, moving on. So were there any games that y'all wanted to hit or we want to go straight into Buck the Lines? Say so we go to Buck. Uh, well, let's buck some lines. It's been a, it's been a while. I, I I think I forgot how to play the game on us. What what's Is the? This... Do you know the uh, the leaderboard? I think it's gotten oh it of got course. Closer. No, no no well it got closer for some people. All right, so the current <laughs> scores: Marcus in the league 30, 39 points, Patton right on his trail with thirty six. And a little old lowly me at the bottom, 31 points. But it's okay. I still got some time to catch up. Y'all going to mess up. Don't slip. Don't slip. Uh, I already slipped up. I can't slip up no more. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start with some football. Uh, Titans Packers. I'll start with uh, you, old Patone. Well, Never thought I'd see the day. Uh, my Titans have got a prime time Sunday night football in Lambeau right now. Looking at the weather, I mean, we are this is Derrick Henry weather. We got some snow on the ground, below 30 degree weather. Aaron Rodgers, his little small little hands are going to have a tough time gripping the football. 
I'm going for an absolute shootout in this one. I've got the Titans by three. I've got them 41 to 38 is my score in this one. Our defense isn't stopping anyone. The Packers defense is not stopping Derrick Henry. And I'm looking for Ryan Tannehill in this game because I think it's time that he kind of displays what I've tried to been telling to my friend here, Marcus Modi. I sent him a wonderful stat comparing Ryan Tannehill to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is Patrick Mahomes, but I'd love for, for Tannehill to kind of show America that this isn't a guy who just turns around and gives it to Derrick Henry. It, it, it's a good uh, give and go between the two guys. So 41 to 38 Titans by three. Uh, I'm going to go to the opposite side of Patton on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers winning this one to try to clinch that number one seed yeah. or get closer excuse me, to that number one seed. Uh, I'm going to go Packers. I'm going to say Packers by three. I won't say this, it's going to be as high scoring as Patton with a 41-38. I'm, I'm thinking more towards a 31-28. Um, for myself, I believe that the Titans are going to pull this one out. As Patton said, this is Henry's season. Um, the Titans have been rolling. Um, they have to fight for a play for this uh, number one playoff spot. Well, the number one spot in their division, because if the Colts win their last two games, the Colts have the Steelers who are reeling. And then they have the Jacksonville Jaguars, which will be a revenge game from earlier in the season. The Jacksonville Jaguars only win this season. And we know Jacksonville is not going to go for that win. So, the Titans actually have to show up for these games. The Packers' rush defense isn't that great. I think Henry has has a field day. I got the Titans by seven. And and, and one thing about Henry, I just I he is starting to flirt with two thousand. I, I believe he needs about one hundred and fifty four, one hundred and fifty six um, in each game. These next two games, I think he's got a great shot for at least one hundred and fifty in this game. And, and the Texans historically. Uh, I know this isn't Buck the Lines talk, but he's got to be involved in this MVP discussion. Oh yeah, thoughts. Uh, I think he, I think he is. It's just that nowadays this MVP award is more towards a quarterback. Yeah, that, that's and, just the thing. Now, and, if he, and, and I, now, and if I he can't hate it, a quarterback. Can't you can't you can't be mad that Patrick Mahomes most likely will get. <laughs> this MVP, or if they would give it to somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Josh yeah. Allen, who's playing exceptionally well. I think Derrick Henry is at number four on that list, and which isn't not, bad, which no, isn't yep. bad. It's just that it, it's going to veer more towards a quarterback. Indeed, indeed. All right, moving on. Seahawks-Rams. This is pretty much for the division again. Uh, in the NFC West, it's tight. The Rams have already defeated the Seahawks uh, so far in this season. Seahawks revenge game? Are the Rams going to close it out and try to take this division? We'll start with you, Marcus. What you got? Man, I don't, I don't know. Because I, I have a feeling the, the Rams might try to go for revenge this week after losing to the Jets, and they're going to try to go out fiery hot. I want to say I want to I want to side with the Rams because of their defense as well, but I'm not sold on their offense. Cam Akers is most likely going to be out as well. I'm gonna go Seahawks by two. I'm gonna go Seahawks by two. I might regret that decision, but I'm, I'm gonna stick with the gut. 
I'm going to also. I, I think the Seahawks haven't looked great either these past couple of weeks. Uh, Russell Wilson wasn't great last week. I, I believe they played Houston in that game, I think, and wasn't they played Washington. Washington they, they... And, and wasn't great in that one. Of course, the pass rush was also always going to be an issue for them. But I think with the Rams, I think that's going to be a shot in the arm for them, and I think it's going to be tough to bounce back because that was a real chance for them to kind of get ahead and uh, and they really blew that one away so i'm gonna go seahawks i'm gonna go seahawks by six in this one um in my opinion i think that the rams will try to bounce back because they lost to the jets the seahawks have been reeling their defense actually has been playing better in the last few games russell wilson um, it's kind of trying to throw a jolt into himself. I think he defeated the Giants, uh, not last week, but the week before last, had a pretty good game. Um, but I still have major questions for that Seahawks defense. And I think that the Rams can overcome that as well as their defense being amazing. Uh, Russell Wilson, one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Aaron Donald's coming to get him. So I got the Rams. I'll take the Rams by four. And uh, moving on, we got some NBA buckle lines, Christmas Day inversion. We doing double points on Christmas Day? All right, let's do Why it. Not? Let's Why do not? It. Let's do it. Let's get me back in the running. All right. <laughs> I knew. I know what Gabe's doing here. He couldn't wait for the double points. <laughs> He's gonna be sick though. It goes the other way. <laughs> well, that, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a like risk reward like always. Oh man, indeed, indeed. All right, uh, Net Celtics. Uh, Marcus, your, I guess your favorite player, I wouldn't say former favorite player, your favorite player in Kevin Durant. Is he still your favorite player? Yes. Uh, I still, uh, I think he Are is. You still one just of, got major respect. I know. I, I know. I do have major respect for him. That, that's, that's, that's no doubt. Uh, I don't think I have a, a, just a favorite player. I just got a lot of guys that I like watching, but okay, he's still at the top well. of this. Well, uh, at the top of the list, young KD, who you got? Brooklyn Nets versus the Celtics. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brooklyn on this one. Uh, I think they edge out, and I'm gonna say a two point win. I agree with Marcus right. here. I think it's hard to to pick against what we saw, especially with the Nets. That really their starters didn't play the whole second half. Really, I mean, you, you really didn't play much in that one the Celtics I mean you had to uh, fight tooth and tooth and nail to pull out of that one I'm going to go Brooklyn and I'm going to go with them by five in this one I think more of the same for Kevin and Kyrie um I am also going to go with the Nets Kevin Durant showed me in the preseason and in the first game of the season that he's back I mean he's easy money sniper the most efficient scorer in the league the Celtics for darn sure, no one in the league has an answer for him. For darn sure, the Celtics don't. And Kyrie, some revenge against the Celtics on Christmas Day. He's historically a great player on Christmas Day. The Nets will win it. I think the Nets will win by about seven. Uh, all right, Mavs, Lakers. We have, unfortunately, Kristaps will not be playing. So we won't get to see the old age versus the new age, like small forward. Power forward duo tandem with Luca and Porzingis versus LeBron and AD, but maybe Luca can just carry it himself. We've seen him carry his teams to wins. So, Mavs versus Lakers. Who you got, Patton? Well, I, 
I don't want to overstep here, but I think this might be Luka Doncic's first um, Christmas Day game. I might be overstepping there, but I think that might be pretty close for him. I think he's going to have a great game in this one, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Lakers kind of a little bit uh, embarrassed on what they did on, on opening night in their ring ceremony. I think LeBron, he's kind of laid off the wine for a little bit. I'm sure he had a, a little bit before the game. Uh, the other night he looked a little, looked a little off uh, getting that ring of his, but I'm going to go with the Lakers, and I'm going to go with them by 10. I, I think Anthony Davis is going to have a pretty good game in this one. Um, so, yeah, Lakers by 10. Marcus? I'm going to go uh, Lakers as well, but uh, I won't go say double digits. I'm going to say Lakers by five. Lakers by five. I, too, will take the Lakers because LeBron and those guys – they did get smacked in the reg- well in that last game. Uh, as I said, Porzingis is not playing. That is like the ace in the hole for the Mavs. Luka will probably have a great game, but I don't think it'll be enough. So I, I will think, take the Lakers. By I think Anthony Davis. Six. I think Anthony Davis is going to have a, a really good game. I don't think anybody on the Mavs team can stop him on tomorrow. Oh, there is no thinking this. That's the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last game for Buck the Lions, Clippers versus the Nuggets. We all know we what happened in the playoffs last year. The Clippers go up against the Nuggets uh, three games to one, and uh, then they go packing, packing back home. Will the Nuggets continue this sweeping butt-kicking of the Clippers on this Christmas day, or will we get some Clipper revenge? Well, uh, I am I'm really enticed to take the take the Nuggets here, just because I think I think the Clippers might try a little too hard in this one. I think there's going to be some some angry minds out there, specifically Kawhi and uh, and Paul George. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I, I know the the line right now isn't favored too much for the Clippers, but I think there's going to be some uh, a lot of favorites. So I'm gonna go with the Nuggets here. I'm going to be it. I'll be it close. I'm going to go Nuggets by two. I think we're going to get a uh, a close one. I think Jokic is going to have a great game. Uh, I'm a, I'm going to be different from Pat just because of how awful that game against the Kings was. Uh, after watching that that battle, I, I I'm not sure that they'll be able to handle uh, Kawhi and Paul George. I'm going to say Clippers win it. Uh, I'm going to say Clippers by four. Clippers by four. All right. I do think that we will get some mad, angry Clippers coming up against this Nuggets team. We have Serge Ibaka to try to defend Jokic as much as he can. Don't think it'll do that much. I think that the Nuggets, after losing that game against Sacramento, they're going to pull it together. They have a team with great chemistry. And this is going to be the coming out party for my boy Michael Porter Jr., young KD Jr., I got the Nuggets. Nuggets by seven. Forget Paul George. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our Buck the Lines segment. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish off this one. Uh, so where we got our we all chose two of our favorite. Not we might not be our favorite moments, but I think key Memorable. moments for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, from the year of twenty twenty. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with my two. Uh, the first one for me, it might be, it might look a little, it might sound a little biased when you listen to what I what I'm about to say, but hey, 
it happened. So uh, the Oklahoma Sooners went in six straight, uh, defeating Iowa State this past week. Uh, six straight. Uh, it's been over half a decade, and they still are conference champs. Uh, Lincoln Riley, 3-0 and now as a Sooner head coach. Hey, that's all I'm going to say is, hey, we keep getting it done. Uh, they, uh, the Big 12, they're going to have to step it up. I'm, I'm, we're still waiting. Uh, as I look on my invisible watch, we're still waiting. Uh, hopefully things could potentially change because the last time we wasn't conference champs, I, was in, I wasn't even halfway through high school yet. But uh, my second one I think was a pretty powerful moment is uh, Sarah Fuller from Vanderbilt, the uh, the kicker who was the first woman ever to put up points in the Power Five school. I think that was a really good moment for women all together, and also a record that hasn't that has been broken now and changed. That was, that was something that's different. Uh, twenty twenty for me, it was really different. So I think that was a really good moment to point, bring out saying that twenty for 2020 the year 2020 indeed go ahead pat uh i i i kind of echo the, the the vanderbilt um with sarah for a really cool moment for her and I, I think a lot of people not only girls as well but i think it was good to see for for anyone that it was uh, a really inspirational thing because it's something that anything can happen even uh kind of breaking down barriers like that now my two one of them is going to be not so uh, – well, I'll start with the happy one first, and that, that's going to be my Tennessee Titans and that playoff run they had last year. Um, most of the Titans' success um, in their history when I was four years old, so something like that for, for me specifically was cool to kind of see um, see it go well for them because it hasn't gone well much in, in my uh, in my adulthood and in my, in my teenage years here. So it was, that was a really cool moment, beating the Patriots, then the Ravens, and then ultimately – getting my hopes up, up 10 against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and then crashing down. So that was a cool thing for me, uh, a fun one to have with uh, with my dad going to games, stuff like that. And then my second one was the day that sports stopped, and that was uh, March 11th when we had Rudy Gobert nearly uh, send the, the, the whole universe into, into destruction um, with the, the, the coronavirus and I just remember that whole day, the uh, the SEC tournament was the, the, the day before, and I went to that game uh, that Vanderbilt was taking on Arkansas in that game. And then that next day, it just seems to fly by. I, I don't remember much out of it. I just I think that's going to day that's going to stack out uh, to a lot of us on where were you when, when the NBA and the sports world stopped um, simultaneously. And I think that's what made it so crazy that pretty much as one, whenever the NBA kind of pulled the plug, the rest of them did as well. They, they might as well put Rudy Gobert uh, in a in a sports museum uh, with that day. <laughs> they, they they need whatever whatever shoes and socks he was wearing, and they can put that in the uh, in, in the sports hall of fame. And they can uh, make sure they they grab their mic too. Well, and <laughs> very carefully. Uh, we we don't know what, where where the hands have been. So that was a, a weird not not the best moment because that that was the start of a uh, six or six month or so hiatus uh, of sports. But what a what a day that was. Indeed, Rudy Gobert, greatest defender of all time, shutting yes. down the country. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I guess piggybacking off of Corona, the NBA sports bubble, what an event. It was the NBA really pulled out all the stops. They quarantined down in Disney World, um, making 
making a little bubble, invited the teams out. We saw the Suns go 8-0. I saw Dame drop multiple 50-point games. They had the play-in tournament, which they are bringing back again this year. And then we saw a team in the Miami Heat who wasn't the top seed in the East, but crawl and scratch and fight their way to the NBA Finals facing off against one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron James. And we get to see LeBron James win another ring and continue to climb that mountain to get the respect that he deserves. One of the greatest of all time being on the Mount Rush more of all of basketball and maybe just maybe he'll be able to sit at the table with Sir Michael Jeffrey Jordan, his airness one day, but he still got a little ways to go. And then hey, Kareem uh, better be at that table too. Oh, yeah, no, no, there, there are certain guys at the table. We're talking Jordan, Kareem, Magic, okay. and Bill okay. Russell. And those are the guys. And LeBron James as well. They're, they're hanging out. Some people have uh, far, sit farther down on the table than others, but they're, they're all hanging out. Okay. Um, and my thing, I guess this isn't uh, a highlight, but it, it's a light. It's, it's one of the lights. It's a headlight, I guess. We're moving on into the future. Speaking of the GOAT, Tom Brady, finally leaving the Patriots team. Um, we had 20 great years, went on a 20-year run of visiting Super Bowls and winning most of them. Uh, I, as a Patriots fan, became a Patriots fan in uh, 2007. This is when the 07-08 season, whenever they actually lost to the Giants. I just went with the losing team. I had no idea that they were undefeated. This was the first time I was watching football. <laughs> But thank God that the Giants won because otherwise I would have been a Giants fan and I pretty much hate my football life. But <laughs> Patriots, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Tom Brady, he goes out, loses to the Giants again. That's fine. But, man, uh, gave us a great Super Bowl uh, going against that Legion of Boom team. Goes out, gets the W against them, playing against the Falcons down 28-3, to watching it in Castle Lobby. My friends are like, yo, let's go play basketball. I'm like, no, let's watch the rest of this game. And we watch one of the greatest comebacks in all of sports history. Um, so Brady just having so many great uh, years with us. And it's sad to see him go to the Bucks, but people were calling him watch, people were calling him trash. He's fifth in the league in passing yards right now. The Bucks could get the number one seed, and I think that they could make the Super Bowl. So it was a sad moment as a Patriots fan, but I'm happy for Brady. I don't know about the Bucks getting the number one seed, sir. Oh, they could. If the Saints lose these, drop these next two games and the Bucks pick up the next two, the Saints are playing against the Vikings. They always have trouble with them. We saw that in the playoffs. And then they're playing against the Panthers, who is a division team. You know, anything can happen whenever two division teams but, come up. So but also, we all the Packers got to do is just win against the Bears. Oh no! I'm saying in, in the division, the Bucks oh, okay, can okay, take okay. the Saints in the division. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was a misunderstanding. I thought you were saying like no. the number one seed of. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. Packers got that locked up. Okay. All right. Cool. But that's all that we got here on today. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed everything, every little bit. And uh, I'm gonna use a quote from uh, Home Alone. Merry Christmas to you, you filthy animals. Filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you guys had a great time. Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody. My name is Marcus Modi. Alongside my partners, Patton Cook and Gabe Jones, we just want to say 
Peace out to you and happy holidays. We love you.